It was great news that the Berlin Wall came down, wasn't it? Anyone remember watching that on the telly? Was anyone there? Yes! What a shame about Donald. You know, just when the world is pulling walls down, some bloke thinks it's a great idea to build the longest one. However, I am led to believe uh, that uh, the new understanding in the White House is that while he said wall uh, and that, you know, Mexico was going to the whole thing, uh, it is now more understood to be wall in the sense of barrier or fence or long river or large hill. All of which seem to be a lot cheaper to build. (laughs) We build walls, whether they're physical ones or mental ones or relational ones, when there are things that we don't like that should be on the other side of the wall. People who have hurt us, people who we disagree with because of course we're right. So as we come to this evening, let me read a little bit of God's Word for you from Ephesians, and it is uh, chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 11, and then I'd love to give you a couple of words, share with you a couple of words that were uh, we had in the prayer time before the service. Ephesians 2 verse 11. Remember, therefore, that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside his flesh, the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached Peace to you who are far away, and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Amen. Amen. Paul is always a challenge. Um, Guess, would you mind just getting my Bible? It's in my um, brown bag just around the corner can't preach this without my actual Bible in my hand. It's not going to work. Thank you. 
Paul is really good for his long sentences, aren't they? I've got this new web app that I'm using that tells me when my sentences are too long. I wonder what would happen if we put Paul into it. Um, before the service, uh, there were a number of pictures, all in us, all in a similar theme. The first was that that God wanted to give people gifts tonight, but all you had to do was ask. An onus on you to ask. A picture of a well that you thought that was dry, and then suddenly it's overflowing. Something that was locked. And it could only be unlocked if the person wanted it to be. But it could be unlocked. And just the words, let go. So as we, as we come to tonight, we're on this little series which, um, uh, Wes and I kind of put together before Christmas and it's, and it's based on Galatians 5.22. Um, and Wes sent me this email uh, end of last term and said, couldn't we do something on the fruit of the Spirit? And I looked at it and I thought, that's great, Wes, um, but the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5.22 is like only a couple of verses. Can we handle that for the whole term? And let me read it to you just in case you need a reminder. But the fruit of the Spirit is love... It's what Joe preached on a couple of weeks ago. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Two verses. So I thought, well, what what would happen if we took each of those verses and and unpacked them with another passage? Which is what we're, we're trying to do. So this evening we're thinking about peace. You need to remember that in the Galatians passage, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes before it. There's a whole bunch of things that are what the Christian life doesn't look like. I'm not going to go through that whole list now. But this is then the flavour of what it does look like. But I think there's another idea in here, which I just want to unpack really, really briefly with you. And then we'll kind of try and get into the meat of it. Um, which is in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, and it goes like this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, right at the end of the book. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. When you come to faith, what happens is you receive the Holy Spirit. You might not feel utterly overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. You might need to be completely overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. You might need a drenching in Him, but you have received the Holy Spirit. The pilot light is on if you are following Jesus. And what happens is that the Holy Spirit comes and puts a deposit in you A seal that guarantees your inheritance. Eternal life is a done deal the moment you start to follow Jesus. And he puts in you everything that you need for life and godliness. But it's all in seed form. The whole lot. And what happens is it needs to grow up in you. It needs to bear 
fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Those things need to grow in us. To grow in us. So sometimes the prayer is not to receive something new. Sometimes the prayer is, Lord, come and, come and grow up in me the thing that you've already given me. Because I want it to come to full fruition. And in part, that's the kind of, that's the thing that I want to try and, um, edge my way in between this evening to see if we can try and make it make sense. So we're focusing tonight on peace. Um, I, I spoke, um, at filling station. Are the guys here tonight? Some of the, some, Ben and Sasha are here. Um, uh, the, the other week and, um, I gave you 45 minutes on peace. And it was a completely different pitch than the take, take that I'm going to hit, that I'm going to give you tonight. The, like, when I spoke at the filling station, I talked about peace of mind. I talked about the peace of Christ that guards our hearts, our emotions, and our mind, our thinking. This is about a state of freedom inside, not anxiety, but freedom and peace, not turmoil, but rest. Internal quietness. It'll come up again and again and again while I'm here because it's one of my kind of favourite themes. So I'll keep on, I'll keep on going on about it. If you want the the really short version, go and look at Psalm 100. Middle of Psalm 100, it says, "I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise." If you want to know the peace of God, learn how to do thanksgiving and you'll enter into his gates. Learn how to do praise as in to to give praise to who he is rather than what he's done. That's the thanksgiving bit. And you'll enter his courts, his very presence. But either way, you'll be walking into the peace of God which passes all understanding. But that's not what I want to talk about this evening. There's a whole other talk. We could talk about peace with God or peace with ourselves, but tonight what I want to focus on is peace with others. You see, where Paul lands in this passage might for us seem like a strange place, but he he lands in this place about talking about the division between Jew and Gentile, between God's chosen people who knew what it was like to have the covenant expressed in their bodies. And everyone else, everyone else, the Gentiles who had been excluded from citizenship in heaven, who were outside, who were without hope, without God. But, Paul says, they've been brought near, verse 13, by the blood of of Christ by the sacrifice of Jesus God himself on the cross that's what's brought them close it wasn't something that they or we could do by ourselves he is our peace we couldn't do it by ourselves so he has come and made peace 
for us. Verse 14, he has destroyed the barriers. Not just the barriers that get set up between Jew and Gentile, between God's chosen people and the people who they're supposed to be a blessing to. But the barriers that get put up between all of us. He's destroyed them. Every time you or I don't forgive, we carry that, but he's already destroyed it on the cross. This is a really big deal for you to get your heads round and for me to get up my head round, and I keep wrestling with it. Jesus died once. And when he died, he paid for all of the sin of the whole of humanity. Once for all on the cross. So it's all already been paid for. Every division, every wall has already been torn down and paid for on the cross. Why? Verse 15 Because he wanted to create one new humanity, the body of Christ, which Jesus is the head of. And verse 16, hostility and conflict have been put to death. We both have access, verse 18, to the Father. When I was at at college... um, uh, I think I've told this story here before, but it's a good one. Um, Rowan Williams, just before he was made the chief hairy one, um, uh, came and visited the, the college because his wife was a tutor there. And uh, he obviously knew what was coming and um, a number of people had kind of got the, got the hint. But he gave this talk in, in our chapel. I, I didn't enjoy chapel very much. It used to, oh, anyway, that's a whole other thing. He gave this talk about about what grace was like and how he was able to stand with those whom he had profound disagreements. And he said it was because when he came and knelt at the communion rail, he knew that whoever was next to him, that they had experienced the same grace and mercy from Christ Jesus that he had experienced. The same forgiveness. Both of their sin had landed on the same cross. The result is the passage that follows, verses uh, 19 uh, 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer... Strangers, foreigners, but instead you're a dwelling place for his spirit. It's a wonderful passage. I'm not going to unpack that bit tonight. But I want us to get into this one thing. Um, And it's this. If he has already paid for all of the things that have been done wrong and will be done wrong and he's already torn down every wall 
then when we experience anger, jealousy, rage, all of that stuff towards other people, and we do, there's a problem. The problem is we're putting walls back up that he has already torn down. So what we need to do is to be able to see things, not from our perspective, but from his perspective, from the resurrection side of the cross. Peter's here, isn't he? There's Peter here. Peter, uh, other Peter. All the Peters were here this morning. Um, no, Alison's here. Did I see Alison? Uh, other Alison. No, they've gone. They were here earlier. That's excellent, because I'm just about to talk a little bit of psychology, and I don't want to get myself into trouble. Phew! Much easier when the, when, you know, the pros are not in the room, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice. But I, I want to just talk a little bit. This might sound like a distraction, but I want to talk about, um, cognitive behavioral therapy just for a moment, because there is, there is this massive thing that's going on which means that we can do a complete mind shift if we understand the huge transforming power of the cross. So, um, cognitive behavioral therapy is, uh, is rather than kind of trawling back for hours and hours and you talking about your past and, and what happened, you know, before you were conceived and all that stuff, um, it's very important to do, is, is to just go, what's going on, okay, and then how can we address it? So the person comes to the therapist and they are, they are anxious, they're presenting anxiety, so you kind of go back a little bit and you go, well, well, you know, what's going on, why do you believe that, and then this is causing you to be anxious, so actually we can rewrite the beliefs and choose to you, for you to believe something different about yourself, and then you will feel something different over time. Kind of vaguely makes sense? There's this thing called the ABC of CBT, okay? It's like the beginner's guide, all right? So the A is the activating event. Something happens, all right? Your friend um, turns around to you and says something horrible, or whatever it might be, or you get a duff report from work. That's the activating event. And because you believe something, maybe from what happened in your past, that then has consequences. You have a whole bunch of negative feelings, anxiety because of it. Yeah? The activating event, something that you believe, and there's a consequence. You feel anxious, stressed, frightened, want to run away, whatever it might be. Vaguely makes sense? Yeah, kind of. Enough. Good. So, here's the thing. For every single situation that you face, that causes you to have some kind of negative, angry, unforgiving, resentful emotion. If we're Christians, there is a new activating event. It's the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the turning point in history the point from which we view everything else. And any other view, any pre-cross view, is one that is not based on the truth. 
because he has torn down the walls. He has paid for every sin on the cross. So our challenge is to see things from this new activating event where he has torn down the barriers, where he has dealt with sin. And when we start to see other people like that, when we start to see ourselves like that, suddenly we have a new set of beliefs about us. Actually, I am a child of God. Actually, that person, even though they were a pain, is a child of God. They are forgiven. And because of that, the consequence is that we feel something different. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Activating event, a new one, the cross, through which we should put every single other event and only see them this side of the cross, the resurrection side of the cross. Which means we have a new set of beliefs about us and about others. Which leads to a new set of consequences. Good, life-giving, wholesome joyous, fruit-of-the-spirit-type consequences. Um, I want to do one um, little thing, and then we'll we'll do some other stuff. That was really clear, really clear, wasn't it? Good. like all my Amazon deliveries all in one go says fear that one says hate I might not have spelt them right by the way it's not my thing that says anger I definitely can't spell this one I'll just put that jealousy it's got a whole bunch of other letters in it, I don't know. Hurts. You, you get the idea. You know, what all this stuff does is it builds walls. Puts the walls back up. And the moment the walls go back up, we can't be close to others, but we also find it more difficult to get to God. They provide a barrier. And these are barriers, these are walls that he's already torn down. He's already paid for. 
I, I, I don't know I don't know what it is that you wrestle with I don't know what it is that goes on in you know in the the annals of your mind but what I know is that people are people okay doesn't matter whether we're from Bath or nice university town of Exeter like me with two medics as parents you know we're just people just people I don't want you to go fishing for stuff I don't want you to dredge stuff up I simply want you to ask the Holy Spirit okay Holy Spirit is there any place where I've built a wall any things that I've hung on to don't, don't dig around you know if there's not stuff <laughs> yeah we don't, we, don't, we don't need condemnation okay we don't need to beat ourselves up over this but you know conviction's pretty good conviction from the Holy Spirit where he just kind of goes you know let's sort that one now <laughs> yeah and then let him do the let him do the work right you don't need to root around for stuff just simply a willingness to say you know I don't want to I want to put up any walls Lord I just I want to surrender all of this stuff to you I want to put this the other side of the cross because I am determined to live the resurrection side of the cross in every relationship in every thought all for him no more walls